I may have a, a, an ice cream problem. So, <laughs> I, so I definitely uh, hawk the ice cream machine. Banana uh, or strawberry or pineapple? Yes. Or, <laughs> all of them. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And tonight we are welcoming back Justin and his wife, Tracy, to the show. Justin's been on a few episodes, a few bonus episodes with us recently about his time at Walt Disney World, actually two trips to Walt Disney World since it reopened after COVID. And so excited to have Justin back and to welcome Tracy. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us again, Brian and Sam. Yeah, thanks yeah, no, for being we're, here. We're excited. We love to talk cruising, and so we're excited to have some guests with some cruise experience to talk to. <laughs> uh, so we start every show with sort of the what is your Disney background, and that doesn't have to be limited to cruise line. And so, Tracy, why don't we start with you? Like, what what is your family's Disney background? Our family's Disney background, we started traveling, well, Justin and I did, before we had kids to Disney. And then our first trip was when I think Ava was 18 months old. I believe so. I think our first trip together pre-kids was in 2010. Tracy, I think you only went with your family once Correct. to Walt Disney World. I only went once growing up uh, with my family. I, of course, loved it and thought it was magical, but that was not the type of family vacation that my father preferred. <laughs> so <laughs> that is, you know, I was very, very thankful and appreciative of that one trip and lots of fond memories, but not like Justin's background where they went very often. Yeah, we went probably once a year when I was probably around nine or 10, all the way to through high school, even a trip out to California, uh, Disneyland. I had a grandparent that lived out there. Didn't go back from about 1998, 99 up till 2010 when we went together. And then 2013 was our first Disney cruise. That was with only our son. And then as we continue to go summer after summer, our favorite trip is a bookended Disney cruise. So where we go to Walt Disney World for a couple days before our cruise, go on our cruise, and then go back to Walt Disney World for a couple of days. So we're missing Disney Cruise Line quite a bit. Yeah. Well, let's let's focus in on your guys' Disney Cruise Line background. So I think you said in there that you've been on five Disney cruises starting back in 2013. Which ships have you sailed on? We've been on the Dream four times and the Magic once. Tracy, any favorites as between the Magic class versus the Dream class ships? That is a very tough question. The Aqueduct on the Dream is a family fun zone, but experiencing magic, that was just Justin and I for our 10-year anniversary. That was very special, and I, I really did like the smaller ship. I can't tell you that one is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we talked before the show, and I think you guys have some interesting experiences to talk through. I want to start with your experience with adults-only cruising. We have a whole episode devoted to adults-only cruising, so I'm curious. You decided to take a Disney cruise to celebrate your anniversary, leave the kids at home. You know, what drew you to Disney as opposed to, you know, maybe going on another line for an adults only vacation? Oh, that's a really tough question, but we actually are very passionate about Disney. And since we had been on a Disney cruise with our son, there were many things that we wanted to experience just that were adults only. Being that that is our passion for Disney, we chose Disney Cruise Line. 
What were some of those experiences, Tracy? Uh, mainly Serenity Bay was a main part that, you know, we would just went for a quick weekend cruise to celebrate our 10-year anniversary and getting to go to the island and just relax on the adults-only side was the main thing that we were hoping to do. Yeah. And Justin, anything about the adults only sailing that really you were looking forward to in terms of, you know, either on the ship or a castaway? So we, up until that point, walked through the adults-only areas and may or may not have gotten a little jealous when we had kids and just kept <laughs> on walking through. Right. <laughs> and I love my kids. And even after that cruise, I, you know, I said about three nights, all I could be away from my kids. But coming back, you know, when you get to just settle in at the Cove Cafe or the adults area, there's just something very relaxing and, and special about those moments when there's no worries whatsoever. The other, a couple more things. Uh, Tracy touched on Serenity Bay portion. I'm pretty sure that is is it heaven on earth? Anyway, (laughs) uh, another thing I did on that cruise, do you remember that? Up in the spa, I actually got ready, took my shot. I'm a runner and get up at 4.30 or whatever on my cruises as well and get my run in. And I don't want to come back and wake up Tracy or, or my family. So I like to go up. And on that cruise, I discovered you can actually go into the locker room area, take a shower, and they have more than what you have back in your stateroom. So on that cruise, I think I took a shower and got ready up there every single morning. And I've tried to do a little bit of that on our family cruising if I get up a little too early. So did a couple's massage. That was a first experience that I really enjoyed. But Justin, I, I, I got weirded out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they felt nice and everything. At, at the end, they come out with their sales pitch, and then the one of the very nice ladies said something to me that was I don't know if it, what the way she said it was borderline inappropriate, but I don't really know if she realized what she actually said. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, there it's a little awkward. I would say the all any of the spa treatments, if when they do the sales pitch at the end, it's always kind of awkward, especially like, I don't know, I've had a facial on on the cruise yeah. and they will like essentially criticize your skin yes. <laughs> in order to try to get you to buy their products. So, I mean, I, I take it under in the vein that it's intended, which is they're trying to sell me something. They're not really trying to insult me, but I think Correct. if you don't take it that way. And yeah. I also think there are a lot of, a lot of the staff on the cruise are not, English is not their first language. Most they're not, of them. They're not trying to sell you something, Sam. They're trying to improve your overall right. health and of well-being, your are. complexion, right. your skin tone. Are. It's not, no, this, what price would you pay <laughs> to look 10 years younger? Of course. But like I said, I, think- I don't think that I prepped Justin for that. I had had several treatments on our other Disney cruises and thoroughly enjoyed them. You know, we never went together because we had the kids with us. So I was thinking, oh, this is going to be special. We'll, we'll go do this together. He's going to love it. It, it. it was fun, but I get more out of the spa treatments than he's done. He does is what we have figured out. Yeah. Well, two, two tips I'd give. One is if you want to avoid the sales pitch, the success that we've had is on the little intake form. We just write, please don't sell me any product. And they, they, they send, tend to respect that. I have not had someone sort of try to do it after I've said and, that. The yeah. other thing you can sort of do is in the initial consultation, you can just tell them like, I, and you know, at the end, I'm not really interested in buying anything, but it's kind of an awkward thing. Though. Kind of an awkward thing to say, but so I tend to write on the form. The other tip I'll give Justin is so, you know, I like a good massage every once in a while, but the other thing I really enjoy on the ship that is sort of the guy's thing is the uh at the salon at the barber salon kind of thing they do a shave and it is amazing it's so relaxing i've I've fallen asleep in the chair it's not a straight razor shave though it's not. It's. I don't want a straight razor shave when the room is moving. Um, <laughs> so, no. 
but but it is still it's like a they sh- they do three passes with the the razor. I mean, and it's you, like a male facial. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's fantastic. It's fa- it's a fantastic way to relax. It's not weird. I feel like. So. <laughs> <laughs> we thought of two more things to come back and answer that question. Why we chose Disney Cruise Line was on our very first cruise we experienced Apollo, and so that was one of the deciding factors on why we chose Disney Cruise Line was so we could back that up and have that experience to celebrate our anniversary again on on that. Were you able to go for both brunch and dinner or just one or the other? It's a short We cruise, have only so. done dinners. We keep saying the next one, the next right, one, right. but obviously the next cruise, we don't know when that's going to be, but that is a goal. But that basically, you know, the island having a special meal and going to the spa, it was literally like a weekend dream. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah. Listen, I'm not going to criticize you for going to Paulo for dinner. Paulo for dinner is wonderful. It's totally wonderful. It's a great meal. I'm just going to say next time you cruise with or without the kids, you need to go to Paulo for brunch, put the kids in the kids club for a couple of hours. It's not a super long meal unless you want it to be. You can kind of sit there for forever. But for us, actually doing brunch is a little bit easier when our son is with us because he will go to the kids club during the day and it's harder for us to get him to like go to the kids club and eat at you know, dinner or eat a meal at, you know, at the kids club, that's more difficult for us, but you've got two kids. So maybe they influence each other and will help each other sit and eat. (laughs) If I could, I would want to bring my nine-year-old son because he eats and eats and (laughs) eats. We would get some value out of that meal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and honestly, Paulo, I think it is an accessible meal. Like obviously, they won't let anyone under 18, but Paula would be a meal that is accessible for most kids. Remy, on the other hand, I would not. Yeah. have you two tried Remy at all? You, 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 we have not. Yeah. We have not. Um, with the menus that we've seen, I'd like to think that I'll try anything, but I'm not sure that we're quite that adventurous. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. We would do Paolo every night of a cruise. Yeah. Because we like, we really like the food there. Like the service is no, second. I to want that. to go to animators. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love animators too. But that menu is something that we would really enjoy. The menu at Remy, we might do a one and done just to experience it. Well, I want to shift over to you You guys, your go-to itinerary, based on what we were talking about before the show, or the, the itinerary you seem to like the most is this five-night double-dip itinerary, which, you know, Sam and I actually just booked our first double dip cruise. I actually think it's a seven night. It is a seven night. It's the Thanksgiving one for 2021. Yeah. So so we're, we are really interested to hear. We've heard nothing but good things about a double dip. We can imagine why it's fun, but for some folks who've done it multiple times, like why does the double dip, why is the double dip your go-to itinerary? What makes it so special? I think from a family standpoint, just having that time um, on Castaway Key, it's just incredible. Our kids absolutely love it. And so do we. And it's just a spot for us to get away and just be together as a family and chill. There's there's nothing like looking out at the ocean and, you know, all day we're here and no care. Like it just it's incredible. Just for our listeners who maybe don't know what the term double dip is, double dip is a cruise that stops at Castaway Key twice. So the the cruise that um, Justin and Tracy have gone on is the five night double dip, which typically the itinerary is that you go to Nassau once in the Bahamas and you go to Castaway Key twice. So it's a good, it's a good, that's a good point to clarify. I can't 
I can't wait until Lighthouse Point opens up. Will it be a double dip if it stops at both islands? And can we have a triple dip itinerary? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that seven-night itinerary. Wow. Fast with Disney sell out on that cruise. Yeah. 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 Just sail the ship back and forth between the two ports three times. Yeah. Well, and, and so, Justin, what do you like about the double dip? Like, what's what's the what's your favorite part? Well, the first part, I'd echo exactly what Tracy said. Castaway Key is, you know, we're Disney fans, so you get the Disney theme everywhere. I love to snorkel, so I get out there and just float around, snorkel, and see the Disney stuff underwater. There's all kinds of activities that you could do as a family together. We are runners, as I said before. That's the only organized run that I have ever done, even though I I run a lot. Oh, wow. Uh, The only organized, semi-organized run is the Castaway Key 5K. So there's a little bonus bonus there. But the five night itinerary, when we stop in Nassau, we stay on the ship, mm-hmm. smile and wave at everybody getting up and getting off the ship. And then you get to really utilize a lot of those things that are a little too busy when uh, maybe a sea day. So we get to enjoy the ship a lot when, when we stop at Nassau. And then the other two stops are quite possibly our favorite Disney destination. Yeah, you hear from a lot of people. I would say there's like two camps of people with with regard to NASA. There's people who either they've been to NASA a ton or they just don't like NASA. And so they stay on the ship. I think that's a, a very common, very common thing we hear. And then there's the other collective of people who get off at NASA, but always go to Atlantis or Blue Lagoon. And I hear both of and I've never been to Atlantis or Blue Lagoon um, was at Atlantis, but many, many years ago. So we've only been on one cruise that went to Nassau and I stayed on the ship the whole time as well because I uh, was more interested in spending the time on the pool deck and the aqueduct. I have been to Nassau now, I think three times, only once on Disney maybe two times and only once on Disney. And so the first time I went to Nassau, my went with my family and we got off and went to Atlantis. It's a gorgeous, you know, Chihuly glass chandeliers and very expensive uh, gaming tables and a gorgeous kind of pool dolphin area. Last time we went on Disney, I stepped foot off the ship because I wanted to go mail a postcard. And uh, first off, it took me way too long to figure out how to get a stamp and where a post box was because <laughs> no one was very helpful. And in fact, I think people were sort of like almost actively rude in the port to me. And I was just sort of like this. I'm never, never again. Like the next time we stop in Nassau, I am not stepping foot off of the, the ship. The ship is where I want to be. I, yeah, I think that for us, a double dip that stopped in Nassau would just be two stops in Castaway Key. I don't think we would get off in, in Nassau. So just like you, Tracy and I stayed at, where did we stay? Sandals, wasn't it? In Nassau. And that, that resort is wonderful. Had a great time, stayed with another couple. This was back when we were in our low, yeah, pre-kids, definitely, I'd say mid to low 20s. So we had a wonderful time. But to Brian's point, you know, we did explore the area. And some of the folks you interact with, if you're not economically interacting with those people, they didn't seem to really want to give you much time a day. And I remember that, that that has stuck with me every time. And it's just not worth my family's time to get off the ship. You know, if I start hearing some different things and there's really a lot to go see and explore at NASA, maybe I'll take my family off. But until you know, that happens, we're going to take advantage of whatever Disney ship we're on. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard from several people that NASA is aware of this feedback and is sort of actively working to do some things to remedy it. But yeah, I mean, my experience, the the thing that stuck out in my mind was that I think there was a cab driver asked me if I wanted to ride someplace. I'm like, no, I'm good. And he, he was like, why don't you want to ride? I mean, he was like belligerent yeah. about it. And I was like, I, I just don't, I don't need to ride. <laughs> <laughs> There's 10 families behind me. Go talk to them. Uh, you know? So, so yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. 
But we've heard great things about Atlantis and, or well, you've been to Atlantis and said it was great. And we've heard great things about Blue Lagoon. So I think if you're going to one of those private beach water park scenarios, like that's probably the thing to do at NASA. And they do the dolphin um, meet. So, so to go back to the double dip for a second, I'm, I'm curious, do you guys treat each day differently? Oh, yeah. Good question. Right? So you're going to Castaway twice and I can't even imagine sailing out of Castaway and knowing, oh, we'll be back in a couple of days. But um, And do they do the 5K twice? Yeah. Like, so if you're, if you're going twice, I guess my question would be, do you treat each day differently? Do you do something a little bit different each day? Maybe build in a shore excursion, which is something a lot of people, I think, kind of avoid when they go to Castaway because it eats into the day. But yeah, how do you, how do you treat that like back-to-back experience? I think on one of the double dips, I turned the 5K into a 10K or one of us did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have done it where, you know, I stayed with the kids on one and then Tr- Tracy ran it on the other one. You know, we may do an activity on one of the visits. I think glass, Tracy just mentioned to me, glass bottom boat on one and then just just a free day. I like to just relax. You know, I might get the package deal where you can get the bicycle, the snorkel gear and so on. And they do have, for those double dips, they have a package where you can get the gear the, for both visits. Oh, wow. And that includes the tubes, right? Yep, the, 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 flo- the flotation tube, yes. And that would cover both days. There's a package for those double dips. And I think that possibly our kids are getting older, so maybe now we would look into more, you know, maybe trying a shore excursion on, on one day. I liked the glass bottom boat because it was pretty short, and it, I didn't feel like we, you know, you got on right where you get off the boat. So it wasn't like we wasted or ate up, you know, a whole day doing that. I liked that it was a short excursion. We do have a few things like I'd like to take my son on the jet ski sometimes once he gets as of age and once our daughter gets a little bit bigger to go do the stingray thing I think we can actually do that now as a family but we have visited the island eight times now and there's only so much going on there so we have a couple of those things that we want to do but we really like to just chill and relax I may have a, a, an ice cream problem so I definitely, <laughs> so I definitely uh, hawk the ice cream machine banana uh, or strawberry or pineapple yes. or, <laughs> yes, all of them. Okay. you know uh, our son is really a classic chocolate vanilla swirl but I think some of those other uh, flavors are really fun and interesting so it does beg the question how much how much can you eat at cookies barbecue <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, they, they see and I'm not a very big guy but I I, yes, it just we enjoyed one of the days we went back to the ship mm-hmm. and ate cabanas for lunch and then, um, you know, just enjoyed our son wanted a certain kind of food. So we went back and did that kind of cooled off and then went back out. It broke up the day and. I think he even hit up the water slide a couple times before we went back out. Because no one is on the ship when you you're at Cat when you're at Catway Key. That that is a good secret tip. We have we did that one time, one time when we were at Castaway Key, it was just honestly just too hot for us. And so we went back on the ship at lunchtime. Like we had gotten off the ship at like 830 or whatever they first let us off. And then we went back and ate lunch and then we rode the did the water slide a few times because you're right, there was almost nobody on the ship. And so it is one of those times if you've been to Castaway Key a lot, I would say if you haven't been, it's you gotta take full advantage of the full day. But if you've been a bunch of times, it's, you know, if you do the half day there, it's kind of nice to go back on the ship and, and relax. Now, was that, are the double dip itineraries you've been on, is it that they leave Castaway and head straight for Port Canaveral or do you get that sea day before you get back to Port Canaveral? Our favorite is when you get the sea day before yeah. you get back to Port Canaveral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For that sure. Really- 
at relaxation day. But as you know, like <laughs> it's the calm before the storm for us usually uh, because we're going back to Walt Disney World right. after <laughs> that sea day. That's a good point. Are you guys, when you're doing the, the double dip, is it Castaway, then Nassau, then Castaway? Is that what they do? And then sea day. Yes. Yeah. That's the, I think that was the last one we were on. Yep. So my other question is looking at your sort of cruising background, it looks like you've done basically like three, five nights has been your longest. Have you guys done anything longer or considering doing anything like a seven night? We did a seven night Eastern Caribbean cruise with Royal Caribbean. That was also in 2018 over spring break. And that was a family affair. My parents went and my sister's family went as well. And how did you, so just comparing sort of length of cruise, but now that you've done a seven night cruise, do you think five nights is enough or would you, uh, you know, what, what's your sweet, sweet spot in terms of amount of time? That's a great question, Brian. <laughs> One big difference between our experience on Royal Caribbean and Disney is the sales approach that Royal Caribbean takes to, it seems like every turn you're on the ship. But to come back and answer your question, one of the things on the TV is them trying to sell other cruises. And there was a commercial for various cruises and one specific itinerary was 23 nights. Whoa. And that's the one my son chose. <laughs> and he's going to have a lemonade stand so he could pay for it for the entire family to go on a 23-night Royal Caribbean cruise. And I think that actually would speak for our entire family. <laughs> I've always loved water. It doesn't matter what type. It could be the smallest running water, smallest pond you can think of, or the ocean. It doesn't matter the size of the boat either. I, I, I would like to be on it. <laughs> I hope he does well in that lemonade stand. Well, I think he's going to have to have Snapple. <laughs> really <ink. well. laughs> right. The longer, the better for us. The cruise we were really hoping to get on this summer was the Southern Caribbean itinerary. I think this summer, uh, the one you guys went on, it was 11 nights, but I think this summer it was nine nights is sticking into my mind for some reason. Yeah, I think that's right. They've changed it. It's gone back and forth between a nine night, a 10 night and an 11 night. Yeah, I it, think mostly it's nine or 10. I think we were lucky last year and if it's ever 11 nights again, I'm booking it. I don't care. <laughs> it's so nice. It's so nice. That's like, a, you know, the, it doesn't matter about duration. The one thing, another one thing Royal Caribbean did have a lot better than Disney is their internet service because I still need to be connected for some things we're involved in. I, I still need to get some work done. It comes back and kind of answers your question. If it's on Disney, I, I think if I'm not creative and getting off the ship and using some Wi-Fi at some other areas, which I'm always nervous about because some of the information needs to be private. If I don't have a good internet connection to do some work, it's, it's kind of got to be a little bit shorter. It is a place that Disney lags is the, maybe we talked about this with another guest that like one of the places that Disney really lags is, is the internet connection. But I will say that 11 nights, I mean, the longer the cruise has always been nice. It's interesting. It seems like on the longer cruises, there does hit this tipping point. And every time I've gone on an 11 night, a 14 night, I think we even went on a slightly longer cruise than that at one point to Hawaii. I think it was a little bit longer than 14. No, nights. it was four. It might've been 15, but it was 14 or 15. Yeah. But there's just come this point. It seems like on each of those cruises where we're at and someone saying like, I could get off now and feel like I had a good vacation, right? Like it's sort of, you, you hit this like almost point of diminishing returns in terms of the number of well, nights. Although um, uh, my bucket list is a world cruise. Like I, yeah. I really want to do a really extensively long cruise. Although I think at that point it would be about seeing as many ports as I could see while using the ship as my hotel. But yeah. yeah. Well, cruising is definitely, I don't want to say I prefer Disney Cruise Line over Walt Disney World, but I definitely have a strong passion for Disney Cruise Line. I 
love getting on the ship and turning my phone to airplane mode and disconnecting. Like, I think it's tremendous to disconnect. And there's just no relaxation like there is on a cruise ship, you know, laying there and looking out at the ocean. So I could really lay there and do that for a really extensive amount of time. Yeah, I totally agree. I would I would actually say for us, obviously, probably you could tell by the name of our podcast being DCL Duo <laughs> that our first love for both Brian and I it would be the cruise line. And we love the parks as well. But I think we, we love the cruise line even more because of the relaxation part of it. We get the Disney magic. But at this and I don't mean the ship, I mean, the, the you know, the uh, the je ne sais quoi, the essence of Disney. The whimsy. The whimsy. The that's whimsy. the best way. To, yeah. But we get that Disney magic without without being in the parks and without a little bit of the craziness and the, you know, got to go, go, go that you do in the parks. All right. So Justin, since you started us down a path over this sort of Royal Caribbean cruise you took and you were actually drawing some comparisons to Disney, let me, let me step back and set this up to start with by saying, so you went on the Oasis of the Seas, which is an Oasis class Royal Caribbean ship. The Oasis class ships are the largest ships out there sailing currently. Passenger 5,200 people uh, on board in terms of passengers, not including crew at double occupancy, which is about double what you would find on the fantasy or the dream. So this is a massive cruise ship, lots of balconies because they put a promenade down the middle of these ships. So, so everyone can have a balcony. It's like the dream of the cruise line. We can charge balcony prices for the entire ship, huge ships, lots to do, lots of people. It's actually broken down, I think, into neighborhoods. What made you choose going on a Royal Caribbean Oasis class ship? Like what what sparked that? What 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 made you decide to head that direction? That's a great question, Brian. And I have a very simple answer. My dad offered to pay for it. <laughs> Good answer. You can sympathize. My dad offered to pay for a Panama Canal cruise and we went. So, yeah. yeah. And right. Beggars can't be choosers. We love cruising. Tracy's, you know, the way she answered it, she does prefer Disney cruises, just like you guys okay. over Walt Disney World. But when he said, you know, I, I think I'd like to take everybody on a cruise, you know, the price point was touched on. And there's no mistaking it. I've heard it on your podcast on, you know, everywhere. You pay a premium for Disney. He was paying for multiple balcony rooms, too, over the uh, boardwalk areas where we stayed. I think that's what it was referred to. And absolutely, there's no, if he's paying, we're going. So (laughs) I don't care. Like I said just a moment ago, I don't care about the size of the ship. It could have been whatever, a small, much smaller ship. We're there. You did touch on some important points there. There is actually a lot more to do on an Oasis class ship than the Disney ships. My son, he's a very active kid, athletic kid. He just was climbing up and down every every time he could. He was all over that rock climbing wall. And I know that that was a highlight of one of his, what he would say, we were able to easily get a cabana, you know, how they're very difficult to get with Disney Cruise Line. When we stopped at Labadee, my parents got one and I got one. It, it was easy to get. They were wonderful. What were the biggest differences that you saw between Disney and Royal? And why don't we start with... Start like, with activities, yeah, let's start right? with activities. That's the big like, thing. Well, restaurants are also a big sure. thing. So, but let's, let's start with, with... Actually, you know what? We're going to start with staterooms. Like, all right. What what was what was the stateroom like aboard the Oasis class ship as compared to the staterooms you sailed on with Disney? They're definitely much more family friendly on Disney Cruise Line, but as far as sizes go, I would say they're similar. They were very comparable. I think having the split bath on Disney Cruise Line is definitely greatly appreciated. You know, with four people trying to get ready, very nice. 
it was easier on Disney Cruise Line to get ready. And one thing we should add in there is my dad got us all balcony rooms on Royal and Tracy and I usually stick with ocean view rooms on Disney Cruise Line. So if we were to get, we're not comparing apples to uh, apples. And balcony, yeah. Right. So yeah. It's not quite apples to apples, but staterooms are very comparable. One thing that I have to add is that Disney Disney ships are much better maintained than the now the Oasis is a little bit older. But even if I were to compare the Oasis to the Magic, it, there, there's really not really a comparison. The Disney ships are much better maintained. The staterooms, the hall, walking through everywhere around the ship. Where did that show, Justin, for you? Like where, when you say better maintained, what does that look like? Was that cleanliness? Was it that the carpet was worn? Like what, what, how did that show up for you? Yes and yes. You know, you see little chips and paint and, and carpet a little bit more worn here. And it's just those little details that Disney does not let happen, let you see. They, they get at it, get after those things right away. No matter where you, you stop in port with Disney, they have crews, plural, out cleaning, polishing, very all over the ship, painting. You know? right? And that wasn't, I didn't notice it as much when we, on Royal, and I said it earlier, I wake up very early. And at 4.30 in the morning, that's when you see all of these cast members out cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. The number of people that I saw on the Disney ships were a, a high multiple compared to Royal. Tracy, what about service? So everyone always says Disney's got great service. Although I've, I've, you know, I've read recently a few people in some other sort of more general cruise forums who've sailed Disney and then, you know, cruise on a Royal or a Carnival who've said, yeah, service was just as good on those ships. It, what did, what did you think in terms of the service that you experienced on board from the, from the crew? Did it compare to Disney or, you know, was there a clear winner? Um, I definitely would say Disney was the winner and I will expand on that. Royal, don't get, get me wrong. We had an amazing family experience, you know, lots of great memories for our kids and that they got to share with their grandma and grandpa and cousins. However, we were eating a lot of buffet meals because that's what the kids were wanting because it's not an animator's palate experience for the kids. So naturally they wanted to go there because they could get their food quicker and grab what they want. But when we were on our first Disney cruise with our son, I will never forget our waiter. I was also pregnant with our daughter. They brought the kids food out early and I was still finishing up my salad, I believe. And I will not forget this. He just started cutting up my son's food. I know. I love and, that. <laughs> you know, gave him his plate and it was sitting there in front of him. And I think that was one of the first moments that I was like, wow, this is where I want to come back because, you know, having uh, your kids taken care of or it just helps so much with the experience of dining. Disney definitely looks at those little things more than I feel like Royal Caribbean did. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think as a parent, when you know, when you're at home, you, especially as a mom, I don't know if that's true for you guys, but like, I'm the last one who gets to eat at home most of the time because right. I've got to, you know, I'm usually the one cooking and then I'm, you know, putting the plates out and then inevitably my son will need something either cut up or he wants barbecue sauce or ketchup or he wants lemonade or whatever it is that I didn't bring to the table the first time. And so before I get to sit down and eat, I've gotten up probably, you know, three or four times. 
times. And then, and then when I sit down, I still maybe have to cut up his, if it's a steak or something, I've got to cut it for him. Right. So I love that on Disney, that all is done by somebody else. And so when I sit down and my food comes, I don't have to do anything about his food. I just have to take care of myself. And I think that's, you know, really amazing. But I wanted to ask you a question you said about the dining rooms on, on Royal Caribbean, or at least you were comparing the, the experience and why you went to the buffet is the dining room. There's the normal um, option for dinner on Royal. Is it like a dining room experience, but just it's a plain dining room, I guess. Yes, it was, mm-hmm. it was very, it was just a generic, it wasn't themed or anything like that. Honestly, the menus didn't change. I think we went three, the first three nights and then I was just turned on the same food and no energy. You know, the servers, there wasn't the energy that you, you receive on, on Disney Cruise Line mm-hmm. because they're, they follow you, you know, each night. Do you have the same server in, if you went to the main dining room on Royal, did you have the same server every night? We did the first and third night. That, that second night was not the same people. I, I'm not sure. I don't know why. I, I don't know. We sat in the same, at the same location and I did not see them there. So maybe it was I, a I night know. off or something. Yeah. Right. And I guess I should also say we have been on other Disney cruises where they didn't cut up, you know, food for us. But that just that first experience, I believe it was Rosalito. Just the rapport that they had with our son. I mean, it was amazing. And I'm not saying that by any means we expect Disney to cut up their food, but just definitely a different level of service than mm-hmm. what I noticed on Royal Caribbean. We did have a wonderful stateroom host on Royal Caribbean. Him and I really connected. So you're going to get those pockets of people no matter where you're at. Mm -hmm. I will say, you know, you you threw the question out to Tracy. I did notice there is a there is a difference of service level of service between our experience on Royal and most of our experiences with, with Disney. And they do a little bit better. I'm interested to hear your take on what the what the kinds of things or what the sales pitches were like on Royal and what kinds of things they were trying to upsell you on on the ship. They're frequent is is my issue. No matter where you're walking in the promenade, even on their version of the navigator, it it seems like there's sales pitches at every corner. And, you know, they're not too pushy or anything like that. It just seems like that that's their number one. You know, you want to compare price. People are quick to judge by prices mm-hmm. and saying that you pay a premium for Disney. I have never on the five cruises that we have taken, I've never felt like they're trying to sell me more stuff, except for when, I, you know, after the after the massage. <laughs> right. And, you know, a couple, even in the presentation of the drink packages, no matter where you're walking on the Royal Caribbean, you see this, you, you'll you'll walk by stands that have the different drink packages to select from. It just seemed very, they're, they're, once you're on the ship, they're trying to sell you more stuff. Mm-hmm. And everything is an upcharge. You know, if, if you want to go to this restaurant over here, it, it costs a little bit more. And you can buy, you can get the dining packages before you go to save, save a significant amount of money. It just seems like th- there's an add-on. Yeah. I mean, I, I also want to make sure people know that on Disney, there are extras. I mean, there are ways that they try to sell you stuff. I mean, right. they, there's the beer the, package, the, the beer wine package. package. On, the, on the first day you're on the ship, you're going to get hit up a few times. Do you want a wine package or not? Or a you water, know, package. water package, some water delivered to your stateroom, but I will say they're not pushy about it. I mean, they just no, sort of, not at all. And I have bought that the beer stein. I, I have done that before. Yeah. And the adult restaurants on Disney are an upcharge. And when Remy is 
Right, a, a significant no joke upcharge. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's a significant fee. But think about Palo that that upcharge. I still think that there's a significant value, even though it's gone up since our first cruise in 2013. I I, I still think that that's a wonderful value. Oh yeah, I think it's 45 a person, and it's well worth it. Yeah, I think when we first went, it was like twenty dollars. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was twenty five. When you go to those other restaurants and try to go to the upscale restaurants on Royal, I don't think that the the value is not the same. When I've heard like the ways that you can save money on Royal, like buying the pre cruise dinner package, it comes with strings. Like, oh, you have to do the first restaurant on your first night on board, right? And so, like, you're not getting like you're not paying for it and then kind of getting to book it the way you want it. It's you know to get the discount, you get less flexibility. Let's talk about food for a second. You know, Tracy, what did you think the quality of the food was as compared to what's on Disney? I mean, I've heard everything on some of these cruise lines of people saying that like, it's just inedible. Like I had dishes I couldn't even eat. I've never experienced that on Disney. Um, I'll frankly say that we've sailed on Celebrity and I've never experienced a dish that I couldn't Yeah, eat. we thought the food was really um, good on Celebrity. But what was it like on Royal? Royal, I, I would say the same. It's not like there wasn't anything we couldn't eat, but definitely not as many more elaborate options, you know, seafood options. There were some, but I definitely feel on Disney, we've had more, even kid options. I know our son, maybe not so much our daughter, has tried several kinds of seafood and was very happy with them on Disney Cruise Line and on Royal. I didn't feel like we were, he was eating as healthy, not that he ate eats healthy all the time on Disney Cruise Line. But I mean, I felt like it was more chicken fingers and French fries and quick foods on Royal um, that were satisfying for him, but not venturing out and trying as many new things like he would on Disney Cruise. We definitely never went back to our stateroom hungry at night. Our kids were very, very satisfied. I just would have liked to have seen them eat a little more diverse on Royal than what they did. But hey, they were happy. And like I said, They're happy. We're happy. Did you guys try any of the specialty restaurants on Royal? We did. What would you say about the upcharge meals, you know, the specialty restaurants that you went to as compared to maybe sort of main dining on Royal and main dining on Disney? For what you what we experienced anyway, those upcharge meals were I don't even I wouldn't even say they were equivalent to what you get on Disney's normal dining experience. Oh, wow. What about activities? So let's let's talk about like some of the onboard activities. I mean, what were some of the diversity of activities that they have on board the Royal ship? Did you get to take advantage of them? How many of them came with upcharges? You know, Justin, you want to tackle that one? We were mainly focused on the rock climbing because our son, at first he was a little nervous, but then uh, obsessed with the rock climbing experience. So we were there quite a bit. They had a zip line activity as well. We kind of went up there, but he did not. Uh, how old was he? Was and he was seven at the time. So he was a little bit, he's a big kid for his age, but I don't remember if it was a height thing or if he just said, yeah, not now. The wave rider, he, he said no to that as well. We have uh, our daughter and then our two nieces. You know, so all three of the girls were younger. They obviously being younger, were not interested in most of those activities too. What about so size of the ship? I mean, you've been on the you've been on the Magic, which is probably toward the mid-size to well, small end of the large cruise ship, the Fantasy, which is kind of just in the mid-range, you know. Um, but the Oasis class, I mean, fifty-two hundred people potentially on board. Like, was it harder to navigate the ship? What was that like? Did you feel like you got to see everything that you wanted to see? So, size of the ship, what was that like? 
you're right. There's noticeable difference when you when you compare those three different ships, the Magic, the Dream, and the Oasis. But I think they all, when you're walking through them, you know, because the size are is proportional to the capacity. I feel they're they're fairly similar. Now there are times, you know, there's bottlenecks, there's busy times around show times, uh, meal times uh, on all three ships. So there's that congestion no matter what. Logistics, though, I think Disney beats. Royal Caribbean, hands down. What do you think? Do you remember getting on the ship and off the ship, Tracy? It was like being herded somewhere as far as getting on the ship and off the ship when it was with Royal Caribbean. Whereas you guys know when you're getting on the ship on Disney Cruise Line, they have their numbers and everybody's, it's very spaced out. They get your picture. It's very organized. Getting off the ship is a little different with Disney Cruise Line. They have it a little bit staggered, not too much with the two groups, but I don't think the ships felt too different from our experiences on the three different sizes. That's a good, that's a good point. Cause the ships you're right are proportional to number of people. Sorry, Tracy, you were about to say something. There were a couple times on the Oasis that I got turned around. I guess Justin's sense of direction was better than mine. There was a few times we got separated and I definitely noticed, you know, the bigger ship and I was at, I was at aft and needed to be completely other end of the ship and walking that whole deck. I mean, it was great exercise, but there were definitely a couple times on the Oasis that it took me, I bet it was the third day until I really felt grounded. And so I appreciated that it was a longer cruise because, you know, since it was seven nights, I finally, you know, felt like I knew where I was going and how to navigate it versus on Disney. If it's smaller and shorter, I don't know. That's something to consider for, especially if someone is like a first time cruiser. Um, I could definitely see going on a bigger one, you know, kind of being overwhelming because it takes a little while. What about um, one other area I just wanted to talk about was onboard tech. And sort of, you know, when you understand, you know, Justin, you actually mentioned that like, well, the Wi-Fi is better on, on Royal. What else? I mean, did they have anything interesting going on? I mean, like I've seen, I think it's Princess has their C medallions and facial recognition opens your door for you. And I've always felt Disney is sort of lagged behind the rest of the market with their tech. I found it very interesting, for instance, that they don't have magic bands on board the, the ships. So I'm just curious, like what, what did you think about the technology on board? Technology is similar. They have the cards. It, it does seem very ancient, especially when you bring up Princess and what they have going on right now. The internet service is what really stands out to me because I do have to work a little bit. You know, that first five night double dip itinerary we went on, I, I did disconnect with Tracy, but when I got off the ship, I paid for it. When we went on that seven night on the on Royal Caribbean, I knew I had to get the internet package so I could continue to work. And the internet service was really good. But the internet service that I've had on Disney Cruise Line the last two cruises, it's just not good. And I agree with you, Brian. I don't know what it's it's inexcusable, really. One of the pillars of Disney is technology. What about adult entertainment? I mean, so I mean, I think one place that like we love going on Disney as adults. I mean, I'll be perfectly clear. We love it. But I think one place it lacks, quite frankly, is any sort of robust nightlife on the ship. I mean, you can go to the tube or whatever the equivalent is on the other ships to, you know, and they have the get ship. a night show yeah. and you've got plenty of bars on board. Don't get me wrong. And the nightlife winds down pretty significantly after about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. There's a couple shows, the silent DJ party, you know, whatever that is. But my sense is <laughs> on a ship like Royal, there's a lot of options. There might be a jazz bar you could go to, of, you know, other kinds of things you can do as sort of adult nightlife. Did, did you get a sense of that on board? 
to your point that you made, it dies off on Disney very um, early, but on Royal, you could stay out pretty late if you wanted to. There's a setting for everyone on Royal Caribbean too. And it's done really well too. But I also think that Disney does it well. Like I like a sports bar. They have one. Mm-hmm. I want to go in there and chill and have a couple of cocktails while I was watching sports. I can do that as, really as long as I want to. I think if if you want like a more nightclub experience, like a lot of late night dancing and drinking, that sort of thing, I would say Disney is not the right ship for you or Disney is not the right cruise line for you. If you like the more relaxing nightlife where you might see like a half hour long adult show or a half hour sort of adult trivia type experience with not a, you know, not a huge crowd of people, but a decent number of people and then things you know, ending around 1030 or 11, I think Disney is great. And I'll, I will say for us, that's, I think it's perfect. I don't, I don't want to be up until 2am dancing the night away. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's definitely for a certain profile of adult cruiser if you're going to go as adults only. I, I, I still think though, like I, we, love, we love Disney, but I got to be honest that, you know, I think that there are places where they could step it up. Technology is one. I think oh, there's yes. a few places where the theming is awesome for the stage show at night on the cruise line, but they do nothing with it during the dinner, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But this is another place. I think they could just, they could dial it up a notch well, yeah, with, they for usually- the, adult, the adult side of things without sort of of, you know, turning it into a booze cruise, right? Yeah. So. Well, they, they do, to Brian's point, they do typically only have sort of one adult event type thing or, you know, or whether it's an adult show or trivia or something like that. They typically only have one going on at a time in one of the bars instead. And they could have, you know, two different things going on. And that would probably sort of liven it up a little bit more, have a few more yeah, options. Royal does beat them there. You're right, Brian. They do have uh, multiple choices, options that you can go do in the evening. If you want to go do this, you can go do this. If you want to get something going on for a wide variety of people. And I do think where we stayed on Royal in that boardwalk area, definitely it was much louder at night. And there were even a few nights our kids, just, I don't want to say they couldn't go to sleep, but it was a lot you know, noisier and, and they did comment on that. So I just think it's kind of like, you know, what cruise line is best for your family? Because right, there might be there, someone who wants a lot of activity versus somebody who doesn't. Yeah, no, fair. Well, so anything else that, that stood out to you in terms of the comparison between Royal and Disney as we kind of round out this piece of it? I think I heard you say, we'll sail Royal again. You know, it was enjoyable, but we, I think you also said we had to immediately get back on a Disney cruise too. So like, where do you come out on this? Like, when do you feel like it's the right time to sail on a Royal ship versus when it might be right to go on a Disney ship? That's tough to answer really, because right now my wife and I love Walt Disney World, love everything about Disney in general, and our kids are still the same way. So I don't know when... We will transition to different cruise lines. There's a lot of other ones. We're talking about going to Alaska and think that Princess and Holland kind of lead that area. So I'd really like to do Princess up there. You guys had mentioned Celebrity, and that's another cruise line I'd really like to try. But right now, I think, and Tracy, correct me, we're just a Disney family. With everything that's happening, you know, when we feel comfortable to sail. Yeah, the protocols we witnessed at Disney World were just amazing. And I can only imagine when it's time to go on a cruise again, I'm going to trust Disney. Mm -hmm. Well, 
We like to end every show with a rapid fire round. And so I'm going to hand this over to Sam because it's her favorite part of the show. So Sam, why don't you take it away for rapid fire? Okay. So the only rule of rapid fire is there are no wrong answers. Let's start with your favorite Disney or Pixar character, Tracy. My favorite Disney character is Cinderella. Very classic. Very nice. What about you, Justin? Favorite Disney or Pixar character? Ray from Princess and the Frog and Lumiere. Ah, two good ones as well. Okay, favorite Disney movie. We'll start with you this time, Justin. At the moment, it's probably up. So, uh, Tracy, your favorite Disney movie? I have to repeat that it is up. Next is your favorite Disney cruise line ship. And I know you guys have just been on the two, but which, which was better? Let's start with you, Justin. Dream, hands down. There's vanilla peas on there that you get a little bonus dessert. And it's just, that's our home ship. We've been on it four out of the five cruises. What about you, Tracy? I also have to say dream. It, it just feels like home. Okay, your favorite rotational dining restaurant. I already know what the answer is going to be for Tracy, but I'll let her say it anyway. <laughs> yes, Animator's Palette. I, I just love the theming. And once again, it's kind of, we have had some great family memories there. The very first time that Ace got to talk to the characters. I mean, just such a great memories. What about you, Justin? This may not be popular, but Enchanted Garden is, is my favorite the what is it the ahi tuna tower i i I like that guard you know it's very nice to walk in there and call them soothing um okay so favorite onboard food now justin you already hit on one dish but maybe other than the ahi tuna tower is there another favorite onboard food it could be from any of the rotational restaurants it could be from palo it could be from quick serve whatever the chocolate souffle in palo is by far both of our favorites I don't know what I would do for one of those right now, honestly, but it'd be pretty <laughs> The other thing that I really like their escargot. Yeah. So those, I, I threw two at you again. I'm sorry. That's okay. Like I said, there's no rules. Okay. What about you, Tracy? I would also have to say the chocolate souffle. Okay. Your favorite onboard activity, Justin. Watching shows with my entire family is definitely, or going to watch a movie. Just uh, where we get to just chill and relax and be entertained by Disney. Those those are probably the moments that I really like the most. That's great. What about you, Tracy? Um, I would also say the shows um, are definitely a favorite and also riding the aqueduct. Okay, so my last question of the rapid fire is bucket list cruise. So if you could cruise on Disney Cruise Line... But to anywhere in the world, any sort of cruise itinerary you can think of, where would it be? Justin, let's start with you. Probably with Ama Waterways. The one that they currently offer would be with a river Mediterranean cruise. I think that would be a bucket list. The next, you know, some people could call it a bucket list, but it will happen for us is a um, southern Caribbean cruise that you guys have been on. (laughs) Um, That's definitely one that we will go on. Yeah. Okay, Tracy, your what what is your bucket list cruise or cruises? Thank you for saying cruises. <laughs> because obviously both that Justin mentioned are two that we have talked a lot about and we definitely want to do. But another one that he didn't mention is um Hawaii. I would love to cruise to Hawaii. 
I don't want to fly there. So if I'm going there, I would love to cruise there. So that's definitely a third cruise that I would dream of going on someday. I've got two questions then to add into the rapid fire. So one of them is Sam's question, which I'm going to co-opt, which is if you had to choose between five nights on a Disney ship or seven nights on a Royal ship, which would you choose? I would choose five nights on a Disney ship, hands down. Justin? At this point, I, it would probably look at the itinerary, but I, I'm leaning to five nights on a Disney cruise. All right. That's good to know. Good to know. The divisive question for people who have been on a Disney cruise and a cruise line not Disney. Casino yes or casino no? I'll start with you, Justin. If you would have asked me this question 10, 15 years ago, it would have mattered a whole lot more. But at this point, it doesn't matter. So no. Tracy? Casino, no. That definitely does not matter to me at all. Justin, Tracy, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on this evening and talking about your cruise experience. Uh, I want to make sure that if people are interested in booking a vacation, they can find you guys because you are travel agents and we like to consistently remind people we are not. And so if you call us to book your vacation, we probably won't. So um, (laughs) so, Justin, Tracy, how can folks connect with you and find you? Well, Brian and Sam, first, thank you guys so much for having us on your show. Really love your show. I listen to every single new podcast. I download it right away. So you guys have put out wonderful content. If your audience wanted to reach out to us, there's a couple platforms. We are Adventures by Educators on Facebook. We have both a page and a group. So that's probably a a fast, easy way. A lot of people have Facebook. Tracy has an Instagram. Do you want to share that? The same, same exact name. Okay, Adventures by Educators. And then Adventures Out There Travel also has a, a website. Great. Well, awesome. thanks so much, Justin and Tracy, for coming on. It's just been a real pleasure talking to you. So thanks for coming on. Thank you, guys. It was really fun talking to Justin and Tracy about Disney Cruise Line and especially getting their take on the coveted Disney Double Dip Cruise. If you're looking to book your next vacation, you can reach Justin and Tracy at Adventures Out There Travel. I did also want to take a second to remind you all to check out bonus episode 34 to learn about our virtual race, the Turkey Lurkey 5K, which will benefit the Autism on the Seas Foundation. Now that's co-sponsored by our friends over at the DCL Podcast, the Rope Drop Radio Podcast, and us, the DCL Duo Podcast. Find out about how you can participate participate and how you can get a race t-shirt to support the Autism on the Seas Foundation. Thanks again for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you can keep getting great content from DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are helpful in making the podcast more visible. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. (laughs) 